Let us pray. Dear Lord, open my eyes, enlighten my heart, and speak through my lips. Amen. Good morning. morning. I'd like to take as my text today, see if there has ever been such a thing. Has a nation changed its gods, even though they are no gods? When I first started reading through the lessons for today, this is what jumped out at me. And it's a pretty grim part of a pretty grim reading from Jeremiah. Um, Not the kind of uplifting thing you usually think of for a sermon, although I know I've been accused of making people cry before. (laughs) Um, But to my surprise, I spent all this week and most of last week whistling the happy songs that we learned during this summer. This is my father's world. He shines in all that's fair. I love to tell the story of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. So what's going on here? Why am I whistling in the face of that text that jumped out at me? We'll get there. I hope I won't make you cry too much in the interim. Um, but we'll get there. In the lesson from Jeremiah today, through Jeremiah, God recounts God's saving actions toward Israel. God led Israel out of Egypt. God led Israel through the desert. God led Israel into a fruitful land. The people, however, respond fairly ungratefully. They defile the land. The priests don't look for God. The lawyers don't apply the law. No comment on lawyers. Um, uh, The rulers rule unjustly. The prophets prophesy in the name of the local Canaanite deity, Baal, instead of by the God of the Hebrews, Yahweh. In sum, the people utterly abandon God. And so Jeremiah cries out, look as far to the west as you can. Look all the way to Cyprus. Look as far to the east as you can imagine. Look all the way to Kedar. See if there has ever been such a thing. Has a nation changed its gods, even though they are no gods? My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and dug out cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that can hold no water. So even when reminded of all that God has done for them, even when promised God's favor, even when given the rules that will bring them blessings and life. And the rules are pretty simple. Worship Yahweh and treat others nicely. 
Even when provided with these gifts, the people turn to other gods. They turn away from their neighbors. They turn to things that will destroy them and destroy their nation. So far, so bad. But it gets worse. God continued to send the people prophets and leaders and teachers to show them how to follow God's rules. Finally, God sent the people a carpenter from Nazareth. God sent the people God's own son. God sent the people God's own self to teach them how to behave. And we know how that ended. The people didn't just change their God. The people didn't just forsake their God. The people killed their God. So why am I whistling? It's easy to look back from where we sit today and feel pretty smug. Well, you know, we'd never do that. We know better. We have the New Testament. We'd know, we know what we do. But the lessons today convict us, just as Jeremiah's words convicted the people of Judah 2,500 years ago. Today's epistle and today's gospel are lists of things to do, things that God expects of God's people, things that God expects of us. And we know, all of us, from experience, they will always fall short of what we're asked. We will too often look away, too often be seduced by something else, some cracked cistern that will hold no water. Just listen to the list of expectations. And this is only the list from today. Be humble. Don't do things for people who could repay you. Do do things for people who will never be able to repay you. Be hospitable to strangers. We're having trouble with that in the US right now. Listen to your leaders. Be content with what you have. Don't worry about money. Don't worry about money. Be with those in prison. Sympathize with those being tortured. Keep marriages holy. Well, I have to stop and in front of this whole congregation make a confession. I've never been to prison. Donna points out that she's been to prison and that Rachel is going next week. That's a different story. You can ask her in coffee hour about that. But I've never been to prison. And what's more, I plan to stay out of prison. More to the point, however, I've never visited those in prison. And except for the 10 seconds when we pray for prisoners each Sunday, 
I don't even think about those in prison. We will always fall short. And each time we do, Christ is ignored, imprisoned, tortured, cheated on, crucified again. What we do to the least of these, we do unto Christ. So why am I whistling? Because despite all the terrible stories, despite all the rules, there is good news, or we wouldn't be here this morning. The good news is that God didn't let it end at the crucifixion. Christ is risen. God didn't even skip a beat. God continued to love, continued to call, continued to yearn for God's people. God continued to yearn for us. God not only forgave humankind, God not only forgives us, God continues to pour out blessings. We can see the good news at the margins of today's stories. The pieces that either are right at the edge of the readings or got cut out of today's readings. Right after the reading from the Gospel today, Jesus goes back to hammer home one of the themes. He tells what's called the parable of the great dinner. Then Jesus said to them, someone gave a great dinner and invited many. And we know the story. The slave went out to find the people who were supposed to come to the dinner. They didn't want to come. So God says to the slave, go out at once into the streets and lanes of the town, and this should sound familiar, and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After Jesus tells the listeners at the Pharisees' feast to feed the poor, the crippled, the, lion, the lame, the blind, Jesus reveals that God has already called these very people to God's kingdom. And it's not only that. The house isn't quite full. So God says to his servant, go out into the roads and lanes and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. Gather everyone that you come across. Before God ever called the Pharisee, ever called us to respect our neighbor, God has already done so. God has already set the pattern for how the world should be. God has already assured that the people we may not invite will be invited. And that's good news. More than that, God hasn't just done it for someone else. God has called each of us, every single one of us, no matter how far, no matter how often we fall short, God has called each of us to God's kingdom. God has called us even when we are crippled. 
sometimes because we are crippled in body, in mind, in spirit, by circumstance, by our wanderings, by the cruelties of others, by our own stubbornness, regardless of what afflicts us, God's plan is still to bring us to God's banquet. And that's good news. What's more, we can do the things that God asks of us because God forgives us. God encourages us each time we fall short of what we want for ourselves, of what we want for others, of what we want for our world. God nourishes us with all goodness that God may bring forth in us the fruits of good works. God will ultimately call the world into communion with the holy, its people into communion with one another. We are privileged sometimes to play a part in that. However, we don't do so by our own strength, but because of God's fountain of living water within us. And that's good news. It's not all on our shoulders, and I'm a person who feels a lot on his shoulders, whether he needs to or not. It's on God's shoulders, and God will make it happen. We come and we go like the lilies of the field, but God's pattern for the world goes on ahead of us, goes on around us, comes up behind us, and will finally prevail. So why am I whistling? Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen.